Okay, good afternoon and welcome back everybody to another in our series of Jane webinars. Today we're going to be talking about hot tips for hot times and you know agriculture and the weather are really closely related. And I can remember growing up as a kid in Arizona and we spent a lot of time talking about the weather, especially around agriculture and people would always say, oh man, all you guys do is talk about the weather. And I, well, it, it really means something, right, to growers and, uh, and, and people in the ag world. So uh, that's why we spend so much time at it. And, you know, temperature increases can boost some crop yields at times, but in um, uh, other times, if they happen too fast or happen too long, or you have a water problem as a result of that, it can hurt. So really having the proper tools to manage uh, the weather, and you're not really managing the weather, you're managing your water as a result of the weather, becomes extremely important. So we're really lucky today to have uh, David Lindsay with us to uh, talk about some of the things uh, he does, some of the uh, hacks or tips uh, or, or some of the things he looks at in the Jane Logic uh, software to help him um, manage water better uh, during uh, times of extreme heat or even in times of normal heat, but uh, he wants to be sure he's applying the right water. So, you know, Dave, uh, Dave was in the military, he was in the Navy for 23 years and I, I know he's gonna say that's one of his uh, biggest contributions to, uh, to the United States over, over his years, but I think what he's doing with water and water management in, uh, in the Central Valley and how he's helping growers uh, uh, produce more food at, uh, at lower prices and, and, um, and better water management, I think is really commendable too. So uh, with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Dave. Dave, uh, welcome. Hey, thanks Richard. And uh, thanks everybody for showing up. Yeah, like Richard said, we just had a little bit of an earthquake. It's the first one I felt in a long, long time. Uh, and it was a little bit alarming. So my heart rate's a little up. Uh, so I'll try and keep it slow so everybody can understand and hear me. And Richard's already said he'll, he'll get me to throttle back a little bit if I get too ahead of myself. Um, so this is kind of a continuation of what we were working on a couple weeks back. Uh, customers, Brian Silvera. Um, he's got a simple telemetry device with a 32-inch probe and uh, a pressure sensor. And we've been working really hard with him on prepping the soil for planting all the way up to now we're into his second season and we're giving him irrigation. Uh, I, I wouldn't say tips, but I'm leading him to the conclusions that he needs to, especially when the temperature starts to rise. Um, let me get here. So we're going to talk about setting hot weather alerts. Um, I'm going to show you the infiltration chart. We're going to look at some graphing and irrigation scheduling and how they all kind of play in, um, especially since we were looking at what he was doing three weeks ago. We made uh, irrigation schedule on the last webinar for last week. I want to show the outcome of that. And then this week he's currently running. And I think this guy is is right on point. Of course, he's following all my advice. So, of course, I'm going to say that. <laughs> Good man. So, uh, and I think he's smart. I agree with him. I'm sure you're giving him great advice. I just want to remind everybody too, your, your last bullet here is questions. Uh, we do have the uh, Q&A and the chat all open. So, uh, if you have questions, please uh, put them into the Q&A or into the chat and I'll be sure to pass them on to uh, Dave, uh, most of which we should be able to answer during the webinar. So, thanks. Excellent. All right, so first slide is our, is our standard go-to. This tells it all. What we're gonna be talking about today, we're gonna to be focusing on the weather station. Um, I am gonna use some data from another site that does have a weather station. The current 
uh, customer we're going to be talking about adjusting on the irrigation scheduling does not, but he does have an ace in the hole, and I'll show you what that is. Uh, for the soil moisture monitoring site, the probe is a 32-inch EnviroPro. It has temperature and moisture sensing. So I'm going to utilize the four-inch temperature sensor to look at uh, heat indexing and how irrigation is, is a, or how is water is being affected by that. So since we don't have ambient temperature in the air, we'll use the soil moisture temperature at four inches. Gives us a good representation of what the air temperature is like. So Dave, if we could go back on that slide, I want to be sure I, uh, I understand what I'm looking at here. Yes, sir. So, um, so in number one there, uh, that's, a, that's a C3 and a telemetry unit or so what, what is that next to the, and, and a weather station too, is that correct? Yes, sir. So, so normally you'd see this on one pole, but we kind of broke this image out so you can see them separately. Uh, that's a, a Davis Vantage 2 weather site. Um, it has uh, um, um, solar radiation detector, uh, wind speed, anemometer, wind direction, uh, rain bucket, temperature, and humidity sensor. And obviously with all those, we also use that data to calculate our ETC. Um, that's the biggest use for it. But obviously rain is big too. Uh, you know, you, 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 know, you want to know how much rain you got. Wind speeds for spraying. Uh, temperature is one thing we're going to talk about here. Um, most of my growers with weather stations set heat alerts. They have got workers in the field that they need to either get out of the field or they need to make sure that they're complying with OSHA regulations and get them the appropriate breaks that are required in the state of California for temperatures above 99 degrees and such. On the left of that picture is the representation of the C3 housing. Inside of that would be the C3 telemetry device. It's a very robust Pelican case kind of um, uh, type device. I mean, I've seen these things beat up and they're tough. The 14-watt solar panel is attached to it, but obviously we can relocate that with a kit. On the left-hand side is the exact same C3 telemetry device in the housing with the solar panel. And in this representation, it's showing it just above the canopy. Okay, great. So then, and then it shows this, uh, this information is going up to the cloud. And then it's actually coming back down to any internet connected device. So if the computer was in the uh, farmhouse there, or the farm office, uh, it could be there, it could be on vacation uh, somewhere else. So this data is available everywhere. And, and okay, I yes, think sir. I understand yes. the diagram now. Yeah, thank We've you. Got tons of stories of growers on vacation wondering why their water's not on. And the, the, the tech's looking around, how does he know that? And that's pretty good to hear that. Right. Looking over their shoulder. Where is this guy? I thought he was on vacation. How's the boss know I haven't done this yet, right? Um, okay, so the heat alert, um, this one's already been set. Um, you can see we have a configured one, active one, and we haven't been triggered yet as of the date that I grabbed this screenshot. Within Jane Logic, this is how you would set it up, and I, I offer all this training um, at any time anybody wants it. I'll set these alerts up for you. I actually set this one up for the grower. Um, they didn't want to get in there and do it. And I, that's fine, I understand. Um, I just pretty much said, named it as too hot, go home. Um, and it, it's a text message that at 100 degrees, the threshold value, it's an upper. And then it goes to Heidi and she gets a text message and it says, blank farm, California ranch, upper temperature 99 at, and then the date and time of the threshold. 
And that, that can go text message, email, voice, or any combination of them. And, and Dave, we, we would then, as a user, set that temperature. We can set it to 185, any, any point we want. Exactly. This is the same area where we set our frost alerts. We just change it from an upper to a lower threshold in here, set the temperature that you want. So one degree above that, it's going to alert. And then, you know, obviously you want to alert before you get that cold. So that way you can start any countermeasures. On the heat index side, it does the same thing. That's why I set it at 100, but it's going to really trigger at 99. Yeah. Okay. Right. You want to know a little ahead of time. All right, so the next part we're gonna talk about is this is the good stuff here. The infiltration, uh, we're gonna look at the infiltration widget. Um, we're gonna look at the scheduler and we're gonna graph all at the same time. And all that data plays in how this customer irrigated. So you see the dates, uh, the first through the seventh, um, he had a single irrigation event. That's this blue line down here. And you can see the water is infiltrating through the soil and then it kind of levels out even though he turned off his irrigation set. It's still going down because gravity and porous soils and it kind of flattened out here. Um, the dark green line is his root zone. We've recently made changes to that. Uh, he wants to upgrade to a 48 inch probe. That's the next step because he knows we've got roots at 32. Connor Cunningham actually went out there on Monday took soil samples to confirm water quantity at depth, and he looked for roots, and he found roots at 32. So the customer's ready for an upgrade. Um, so, so Dave, I have a question here. Yes. Uh, I thought I learned, um, <laughs> I always have to check myself on my learning, but I thought I learned that this will only display when an irrigation event is happening. Yet on this one, we see a dark blue when there is an irrigation event, and then we see a lighter blue. Right. So, well, if you're referring to the lighter blue column here, that's water on. That's pressure. No? Yeah. I'm talking about uh, on 6.4. So right in here. Yes. Yeah. So the, the probe is actually what's telling us what's moving. So it's looking at water quantity moving past the sensors at a certain speed. It, and then it determines that as an infiltration event. Um, right. You could trickle your, your moisture through the soil. And if it's not at a certain speed, we won't pick it up as an infiltration event. And that could be caused from a couple things. It could be the soil itself, or it could be the trees are literally taking all the water. I suspect, and now I've proven it with Connor's data, he's got roots at 32 inches. So these trees were pulling all the water at the bottom here, and that's why it's flat. Here, you know, it was going past, it flattens out. Some roots were getting it, some roots were getting it. I don't know what that peak is, something got by there, but then it flattens out here. So we didn't push any water past it, but with that quantity of water, I would suspect that we would if the roots weren't down there. So that's what kind of triggered us to go out there and look at his soil, see where his roots are actually at. Right, but, so, but we were actually looking at water in the root zone after the irrigation stopped. Right, so his water was off here, but the water kept moving down. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Okay. And then on the bottom, I brought up, here's the schedule that he was scheduled to run that day. And you see, he was perfectly on time. He ran 9.5. I think he was scheduled for 10. Uh, actually, he was scheduled 9.5. Uh, and he, he ran perfectly. And then I brought up a chart. And I eliminated everything but the root zone sum, which is kind of what we're seeing on the infiltration widget as well. But this is actually the sum of everything between 8 and 32 inches. 
and you can see, and the middle line is temperature at four. And this is important because like I said earlier, he doesn't have a weather station. So I wanna see when it's heating up, you know, what's going on in, in the soil. And we, you know, we can, we, we can assume by that, the trees are gonna pull more water. You're gonna lose a little more to evaporation as well. The green line on the bottom here is pressure on off. You see it was on, then it was off. In these root zone, you see he was flattened out kind of here, and then you see the spike rising up. The blue is uh, wet. The red, which is below this, you can't see it, would be dry. This is his targeted area for his moisture level, which is, we call them boundaries. He's got an upper and a lower boundary. This is his upper. So he got a little ahead of himself. He was in the upper boundaries, but he knew by the weather forecasting widget that we were gonna have a hot day. And right here, you see, out of this entire week, that's the highest peak on temperature at four inches. And that day we were at 85 degrees at four inches. So uh, he had great plan. He preloaded his soil for this temperature spike. Uh, it kind of leveled out all week, got a little cooler in the temperature. And you can see his drawdown. He didn't need to run because he's still in the, in the good. And he bottomed out here. On the next slide, you're gonna see the following week. So, so Dave, 84 degrees at four inches, I mean, that's really hot. That's pretty warm. That's really tough on your plants or your trees or, or whatever, right? Right. So, so he, he was looking at what the temperature was going to be using the forecaster. He doesn't even need a, a weather station for this. Right, that is correct. He can look at the forecaster and see that heat's coming and he can start to cool down his root zones uh, based on knowing that's coming and uh, and get and, and really help his plants or trees use this as an opportunity versus letting them uh, be impacted to the negative. Exactly. This is the week we held the, sem the training seminar on scheduling, and this was the schedule he was currently running. The next one you're about to see, which is a slide up now, is the one that we actually were scheduling based on our inputs and his decisions. And you, you'll be able to see here that he was right on the money. He looked at the forecaster. He knew it was gonna get hotter next week. He preloaded and he just made it through the week perfectly. You can see here in this infiltration um, view for the week of the June 8th through the 14th that he had an irrigation event here. He ran for 6.7 hours. His max depth was 28. Uh, time to depth, 9.8 hours. Rate is 2.8 inches per hour. So with that data, he, he loaded up. He knew we were gonna get warmer. He knew we had some days coming up where we're gonna be in the high 90s air temperature. So he had already scheduled these events, which you'll see right here. So he, he was running this one, scheduled this one and this one, started this one a little later, doesn't matter. I think we told him we'd let him sleep in. Um, and then that's where you see here. And the, 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 the amazing part here is that this one got a little bit deeper. He ran a little bit longer but the, the max depth was only 24 inches. Um, that's because the roots, because of the temperature uh, and the trees were hot, were pulling more water. So I he, again, he, he ran this by the numbers and we're seeing great successes. And then you see the last event he ran, he, same thing, he preloaded over the weekend, I believe this was Sunday, and was getting ready for the following week, even though we knew that it was gonna get a little bit cooler that week. And then here you can see, Again, the, the, the moisture units in this root zone, now he's getting closer to his bottom, which is his lower boundary. He got it a little closer, he irrigated, got it up to the wet, and then that rest of the week it stayed there, kind of flattened out, 
It got hotter here, and his max temp that day at four inches was 84.7. Um, and then he ran another irrigation event on schedule, got him right back up to wet. And you see the drawdown here is a little slower because the temperature is cooled off. Preloaded that Sunday for the following week, which is right here. So 15 through 21, which is actually last week. You can see this is the tail end of that Sunday event. Water was still moving in the soil even though the irrigation system was off, like you referenced earlier. We'll still see the movement even though the pressure is out of the system. The water's still moving. Trees weren't pulling as much water because it was cooler. And he was getting ready for the middle of the week where we knew it was going to get a little warmer. But this week here wasn't as hot as the week before. So you see he bottomed out at 32 inches. He hit the bottom of the, the probe on both of these. And that's because his practices, you know, were, he still ran 10.2 hours. He probably could have dialed this one back a little bit, maybe seven, maybe eight. Uh, it would have put him right, at the, right in the 28-inch you know, uh, zone. But again, we found roots at 32. So we, we look at this as good practices. So we'll Dave, see. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking a couple things. One, if you didn't have this tool, uh, you might've been in a little bit of trouble, right? Because he would have put down a certain amount of water, a normal amount of water, and he wouldn't have gotten good penetration because the trees would have just sapped that right up, right? Uh, it, very possible, but more so, I think there's the more common practice is to over-irrigate. Right. And that's what we're trying to do here is we're trying to under, not under-irrigate, but irrigate precisely because electricity is money, water's money. And, you know, we really don't want anything going past the root zone unless somebody's paying you to recharge the aquifer. And I know there's some programs out there that do that, that we monitor, but these growers aren't doing it. Nobody's paying them to push water to their neighbor. Um, and like, what if he's fertilizing? How would that be impacted? Exactly. Exactly. Great point. Um, you know, on our automated sites, this is very important because, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll run their chemical injection pump somewhere in the middle of their irrigation event, and they've got to continue running it to flush the lines because you don't want to waste the chemical by leaving it in the lines because then you cause plugging, and we already have enough problems with plugging with hard water deposits and, and algae and growth like that. And, you know, we, we, you know, we have companies out there, um, we have programs that, that clean lines, and it's very important to do that as well. But if you, you don't want to waste that high dollar chemical by having to sit in those lines. So at the end of the irrigation event, you're flushing your lines. But if that flush is pushing it past your root zone, you're wasting it again. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. And then you'll see with the, with the chart that I pulled up, you can see the same, same basic principles here. Uh, max temperature was on the 21st. He only got to 83 degrees. I think that was over in here. So this week was kind of mild, and that's why he got higher in the blue when he irrigated. So he, he you know, he had his base of water. He was in the in the white in here, which is the good zone. Blue is wet, and even higher than that is too wet. Um, you'll see that in the soil moisture performance widget as well. But you see, he, he peaked up here, but he's prepping for next week because we suspect, and the forecasters telling us we're going to have a hot week next week. And then there's the soil moisture performance widget covering, uh, you know, 21 June to 23 June. And you see when I took this snapshot on the 22nd, he had 54% uh, too wet because he's preloading for next week. 
13% wet, which is great. Very good at 33%, zero at good, zero all the way down. So he's, uh, he's, he's irrigating by the numbers. This is, this is really impressive. And in a nutshell, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, very, very good, Dave. We've got a, a, a couple questions here. And um, uh, one of the first questions I have is, um, you know, so far, you know, we're, it's, it's crazy, right? We're already at the end of June, basically. Uh, ne next week is it for June. Uh, how's the season going for the growers this year? Um, from my, my point of view, it seems a little mild uh, as far as weather. Um, historically I could go back and pull all the data I need to confirm that I like to go by gut feeling sometimes but it does feel a little bit mild of the summer so far but we're not out of it we know the summers are long here um, so if, as, as soon as you can get ahead of the game on this the better off you are later on when it starts to get really hot and we don't get a break so if you can keep that moisture in that zone and you keep a good quantity in there, you're, you know, I always refer to it as your savings account. You keep that savings account loaded. You don't want to have to take from it. You know, you want to apply as much, as much as your evapotranspiration is on your ETC. So if you, can, if you can manage that, then if there is a problem, you have a breakdown, the water availability because your well drops in the summer, uh, there's a million factors. So it's always good to be ahead of the game. Right. And so uh, what are some of the challenges the growers are facing this year? Is, uh, is water uh, still a big challenge and, and reporting and things like that? Uh, water is always a challenge here. Obviously, you know, we're still in a drought. We see uh, significant well level sensing uh, drops in the summer. The drawdowns are huge. In some cases, we have sensors at the, the top of the bowl because we can't get past the bowl with a sensor. We'll see them go dry. Um, and we haven't seen those in years, but it's slowly dropping down and down. You know, it takes a long time for our watershed to get down to the aquifers. So, you know, ditch water is, is crucial. If, if uh, you're a grower and you have the ability to pull from that and you're flooding, maybe look into uh, pushing that through your drip system. We have a lot of customers that do that elaborate screen systems to filter their ditch water so that way they can filter it through their sand media and push it through their lines. But it does require a lot more maintenance as far as flushing lines and treating the water that you're putting into those drip lines. Yeah, so, well, uh, David, again, thank you for uh, joining us today and, and bringing us through this. There were really good trips, uh, tips that you shared with us, and, and I appreciate that. You know, it's uh, pretty generous to uh, take your experience and, and share it with others. So uh, thank you. I always enjoy your presentations. Um, so I want to remind everybody that we do have our uh, webinar training series uh, on the on the Jane uh, Jane's USA website. Uh, this is actually our 26 webinar series since the uh, end of uh, April. So uh, uh, we have, uh, I'm sorry, since the end of March. So. We've definitely gotten busy with these and uh, hearing positive things and uh, hope you're all taking advantage of uh, the, the free webinars that you can stream at any time and, and watch them when you like. So anyway, thank you, David. Uh, thank you to all of you who have joined today. Uh, we appreciate it and uh, have, have a good rest of the day. Okay, everybody stay cool. All right. <laughs>